What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, um, if you turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1, Isaiah 55, 1, as we uh, want to look at this t- today as a, uh, first let's pray. Father, we come to your word now. We come to your word, Lord, with a sense of, uh, of, of, uh, of great awe, as we always do, Lord. Realizing, Lord, that when the Bible speaks, God speaks. When God speaks, the Bible speaks. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho, oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, come unto me, here your soul shall live. I'll make you an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel. For he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him when he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. He will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down in the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. 
it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Mountains of the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. What a wonderful passage of Scripture this is. It's amazing in many respects, but if we just take it just right from the beginning, maybe we could say this is perhaps the most amazing invitation in the Scriptures because it starts off, God is speaking here, and he starts off with this word, ho. You know, it's not like he's got a horse there and he's going, whoa. <laughs> That's not what it means. The word ho here, really it means quick. That's the aspect. That's the meaning behind it. So God is giving an invitation here, but he starts off by saying, don't take this lying down. Don't take this lackadaisically. Ho, quick respond to this. This is very, very important. What God is saying here by this first word, ho, is that the worst thing that can happen to a person is his life is labeled too late, too late. As you all know, there was this series from Dr. Tim LaHaye, Gary Jenkins, called Left Behind. And just the title, Left Behind, strikes fear in people left behind? It's awful. It's awful to be too late in responding to God. So that's why God says, ho, right now, just like the Lord said when he described what it's like to when he gives, when an invitation is given and people don't respond with the quick response. In Luke 9, 59, Luke 9, 59, the Lord said, he said, it was an invitation given out, and he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my business. Now, here were two instances where the Lord gave the invitation, it was really a command, to go and, and follow him and preach the, preach the gospel, do his work. And, and one of them said, well, if, you know, there's been a death of my father, I gotta go bury my father? And another said, you know, I gotta go say goodbye so there were two different excuses from these two different people, but there was one thing they both said, and that's the tragedy of it all. They both, they both didn't say, my father died. They both didn't say, I've got to go say farewell, but they both said these words, let me first go. Let me first go and bid them farewell, let me first go and bury my father. And those are the words, let me first go, that express the tragedy in the non-response to God. It's a question of what is first. It's a question of the priority. First, I gotta go bury my father. First, I gotta go say goodbye. No, God says, first me. First respond to me. And that's a tragic response when a person says to God, later, God. Later, 
You know, it, it's tragic because there's a passage in, in the Bible that it's almost shuddering to read. It's so bad in Proverbs 124. Proverbs 124, may it happen to no one, but this did happen. This did happen. This does happen. It says in Proverbs 124, God says, because I have called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one regarded but you have said it not, all my counsel and would none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then they shall call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. This is a terrible, tragic situation. Where these, this is a tragic situation where there's a call for help. These people are calling out to God for help, and he says, I'm not helping you. They're calling out him, God, God, answer me, and he's not answering because he's chosen to do this. He knows where they are. He knows the need they have, but he has, he has closed the door and he won't respond. That's a horrible thing. Why? Because when he called, when he stretched out his arms, when he said, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, they refused. This is the consequence like just a few months ago, like a two American ladies that were in Loreto, Mexico, and Baja, and they decided that, oh, it'd be a good idea to kayak from Loreto over to the island, Carmen Island, the big island. Doesn't look very far away. It looks pretty close, but it's six miles. And in a kayak, that can be a long way. And they left in the afternoon. They didn't tell anybody. They had a cell phone. And they got going and going, and the island just seemed to be moving away from them, you know, until the sun set, it got dark, and, and they got on the cell phone, and they were calling, and just before the cell phone died, the battery died, they said, we are cold. And the next morning, they found them dead in their kayaks from exposure. They were calling for help, and nobody knew where they all were. Nobody knew where they were. They couldn't come and help because they didn't know where they were. Here's people who are calling for help, and God knows where they are, but he's not. He's not responding. Why? Because when he called to them, they did not respond. That's why maybe the one of the most important words in this invitation is this first word, ho, quick, quick, respond. Then goes on in the invitation, and he directs it to a certain group of people, not to everyone, but he says, ho, it doesn't say everyone. It says, ho, everyone that thirsteth, that thirsteth. In other words, this is not an invitation to everyone under the sun. This is an invitation for those who feel this deep thirstiness in their soul. And you say, well, a thirstiness for what? And, and really, when you think about this, this is, the, this is the invitation that God is giving. This is really the deciding factor whether a person responds to the gospel or doesn't respond to the gospel. 
It doesn't have to do with how well you presented it. It doesn't have to do with how convincing your arguments were. It doesn't have to do with how well you met their counter-arguments. It doesn't have to do with how well you destroyed evolution. It doesn't have to do with how well you proved the existence of God. That's not the deciding factor. It's not about you, it's about them. It says, oh, everyone that thirsteth, you cannot create that thirst in another person. That thirst either exists or it doesn't exist. And you say a thirst for what? A thirst for cleansing from sin. Like you know my testimony is in my case. I was thirsty to be clean on the inside because of a defiling life. A thirst for real peace a thirst for a peace that, that you can lay your head on the pillow at night and not be f drowning in worry and not have to go to, to alcohol and drugs to escape the depression. A thirst for a real feeling of security like it's going to be okay. It's okay. A thirst to know that you have a home in heaven. A thirst for God, to know God, not religion, but to know God, the true God. When a person feels that thirst inside, that deep thirst, they're thirsty. And God is talking to those people. God is saying, ho, everyone that thirsteth, that thirsteth for those things. But if a person feels like, I'm okay, I'm, I lead a pretty good life. I, you know, I give to United Way. I got a receipt to prove it. You know, when, when a person just feels as though they're okay, they're self-righteous in themselves, there's no thirst. There's no thirst. That's not who this invitation is directed to. When a person feels that in life, life is good. Life is fine. I live in San Diego. Did you see the weather today? Wonderful. What do I need God for? That's not a thirsty person. That's not a thirsty person. Reminds me of a friend of mine, Oscar. He's an electrician down in Mexico. And his wife had become a Christian, and he said, no, I don't want to believe in God. He had trouble in his home because of that. In fact, his marriage was on the rocks. And uh, so he had trouble at home. And then he went to work, and it so happened that the people he were working with were really putting him down. You know, they were criticizing his work and criticizing him, and it was just one job after the other where the people were really pounding on him, making him feel so low that he could sit on a dime and swing his legs. That's the way he felt. And it was because of that that Oscar got a thirst in his soul. He got a thirst to have a family that was united. He got a thirst to be accepted by others, and that's what drove him to the Lord Jesus Christ, where he received him, his whole life changed, because he was thirsty. He was thirsty inside. So a person doesn't feel thirsty when they're happy in life, when they're happy with the way they've turned out, and, they, and so that invita this invitation is not for them. This invitation is, ho, everyone that thirsteth. And then he says, the, the invitation is, come to the waters. Come to the, you're thirsty? Come to the waters. He says, come to the waters. And just like the Lord Jesus had said, are you thirsty for real rest in life? Do you feel like you're on a treadmill and you're weary in your soul? You're just tired inside. You're tired of it all. 
You're tired with making money and paying bills and their life just seems to be just a trap? Are you that way? Then the Lord Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. He addresses those people. He says, "Come to me, come ye unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest, a rest you've never known before. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, and I'll for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest unto your souls." See, for those who feel that that's the way life is, they're thirsty for more, thirsty for different, he says, come to me, come to me, and you'll get rest, you'll get rest. God looks at people and he says, you know, I wish you were either on the two extremes. I wish you were either hot with your pursuit of me, or I wish you were, you were cold and you hated me and you were rebelling against me. I wish you were on these two extremes. But when you're right there in the middle, I hate it. And he said this in Revelation 3.16, Revelation 3.16, where he said, because thou art lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. God says, I'll vomit you out. Because thou sayest, and here's what it means to be lukewarm. Because thou sayest, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, I have need of nothing. Because this is, God says, that's the description of lukewarmness. He says, I hate that. And then God says, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blinded, naked? How could there be such a disconnect in self-evaluation? How could a, how could a person say, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, and I have need of nothing, and then God looks at that same person and says, you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Apart from that, you look very good. <laughs> How can that be? Because of the blindness of the human heart, because of the self-deception. The human heart is deceptive. It's wicked above everything else, according to Isaiah. And God warned Israel, God warned Israel, you will pass into the greatest danger in your life when something happens to you. And he was telling them in Deuteronomy, it's not the way, that's not the Hebrew title for that book. Hebrew title is Devarim, it means the sayings. They really couldn't figure out what to name these five books, so they just picked one of the words in the beginning of it and said, okay, we'll name it that. But anyways, Devarim is what they call it, the sayings. But in Deuteronomy, it's kind of interesting, the word Deuteronomy, because it means the law of the second time, second time around. And that's really what it is. It's kind of a review. It's kind of Moses sitting back and, and saying, okay, now, I told you all this before, but sit down and let me tell it to you again, because I'm going, and you need to have this. That's what really Deuteronomy is all about. So Deuteronomy is kind of like, a, let's sort of look back and review what's happened to you in your life. Let's look back and review the history of Israel. Let's see the lessons that we learned so that you can learn from these lessons and you can be the better for it. That's the book of Deuteronomy. Reminds me of a CFO that we had here at the Antibodies one time, and he had a daughter that really gave him a lot of heartache. And he told me, he said, one day he sat down with his daughter and he said to his daughter, he says, you know, when you finally, you know, move out of house, you're going to be great. You're going to be absolutely great because you will have made every mistake possible. 
<laughs> That's kind of what the book of Deuteronomy is. He said, hey, God is saying to, to Israel, you'll be great because you've done it all. But this is a review. Now, in book of Deuteronomy, he's warning them about what's gonna happen to them. He said, you're heading for a certain state and period in your lives when you get into the land there, and I need to warn you about this. And this, this warning comes in Deuteronomy 8.10, Deuteronomy 8.10, and it says, here's the time. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, all that thy hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee, that he might do thee good at thy lighter end, and thou say in thy heart, my power and this might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which thee swear unto thy fathers at this day. God was saying, you're going to be going into good times. You're going to be heading into a situation where you're gonna have everything that you need. Your houses are gonna be magnificent, maybe adequate, more than adequate. You're gonna have flocks that are gonna multiply. Everything's gonna be going your way. And he said, that's the time of your greatest danger. That's the time when you are in the greatest danger to forget God and to say, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, I have need of nothing. Then the deception can very easily come to you where you will say, I did it. I did it all. I did such a great job. I'm so able. I'm strong. My hand is strong. Look what I did. And God said, that's the point where you're going to be at the point where I'm going to be ready to vomit you out of my mouth. That's going to be the point where I'm going to hate the state that you're in. And so he said, be careful of that. So this invitation, ho everyone that thirsteth, is God saying, never forget the thirst in your soul. And that's true for us here tonight. We, God may bring us into good times. He may bring us into, we don't feel the need that we once did. And God said, never forget. And that's what he was telling Israel. Never forget. Rehearse it again. You know, one of the values of the Passover, we celebrate the Seder, celebrate the Passover, and, you know, with the menorah and the all the, the dreidels and the thing. But you know what God was really wanting in that yearly celebration that he said was so important? You're going to reset the calendar that that was going to be the first month of the year. Remember Egypt. 
Remember the hard bondage that you were in. Never forget how the Egyptians oppressed you, how the Egyptians systematically killed you, how they worked you to death, how they killed your firstborn, how they hated you and had their thumb on you and would not be happy until they ground you into the death, into death and the dust. Never forget that. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.